part of the point of being in this dimension is to understand our responsibility of creation. And part of that understanding comes from being able to call on the help of these guides and other spiritual beings and aspects of creation, aspects of nature, understanding that actually they are a part of us and we are a part of them and there is no separation whatsoever. Tim Walter, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. I just said before this interview, I love everything you do and how it's evolved. But for the audience, I'd love to start with you move from a, a big career and moved house and, and discovered a female entity, a ghost energy in your home that introduced you to the concept of earth energy. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> doesn't sound believable does it when you, know, <laughs> no. when you hear it back it sounds like a movie or something in itself no I um, that that's fundamentally what happened in 1998 my family and I moved house we we were living in the um, very crowded um, southeast of England and it was just getting completely unbearable really just too much going on in in the in the world that we were living in so we decided to move across country and and go to the welsh borders and we um, bought this amazing old uh georgian townhouse that needed a lot of work doing to it and um moving in there we we met the spirit of a deceased lady basically um and that meeting completely changed our lives completely changed my life probably more so than than my boys or my wife but I was working as a video producer and conference producer and this sort of thing. And um, in meeting this disincarnate entity, which sounds a bit of an odd way to describe her, I mean, we, we would call her a ghost to start with, and we can maybe talk a little bit about what a ghost is, what a spirit is and mm -hmm. this sort of thing. But in meeting her, um, you know, and having a conversation, um, uh, we were introduced to her by several dowsers that came to the house and basically said, look, you've got this issue with earth energy lines and there's a guardian here that is, you know, wanting to be part of the family and uh, she's been looking after these lines for you and protecting you from their energy, as it were. Um, and in that conversation, you know, so much changed. It was such a short conversation, but so much changed. And this whole sort of um, spiritual path, I suppose, if you want to be a little bit kind of pompous about it, is the, is the you know, what's happened since then, since that point. And it introduced uh, a way of seeing the world that is so utterly and completely different to how I had experienced up to that point. So, yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, <laughs> so... I'm talking in my humanness here. Did you see this earthbound energy with your physical eyes? No, um, it was, she was very much, um, it, it was a bizarre experience from that point of view in terms of um, just yeah, anybody that had been in the room that was not sort of party to what was going on would have seen three ladies, a young lad that came with those ladies. They all had dousing rods. So basically uh, dowsing rods are these sort of things. I'm sure your uh, listeners, viewers will know about them. So they basically respond to yes and no responses. So they would, anybody looking in would have seen those three, three ladies and the young lad um, standing there with rods. And then there was my wife and I standing there looking completely bemused, I'm sure, because I had no ex feeling uh, of the, the, 
entity, the guardian energy, the ghost, uh, who we end up calling Jane, uh, basically, because that's who she was when she was incarnate. Um, we, I had no feeling about her. I had no Im impression of her at all at that stage. But because fundamentally we lived with her for 15 years, that whole kind of side of things, that sensitivity to the subtle realms changed completely. So, you know, these days I'm aware when she's around, um, like she is now. So you're still in the house? No, interesting. She followed you. Yes, that's <laughs> another aspect of the story. Um, yes, she, she was introduced to us as a guardian energy of that particular place. And when we um, go to sacred sites, you know, such as Neolithic stone circles or anything like that. So over here, we've got sites like Avebury or Stonehenge, if you want, but Avebury is a much better site, better um, subjective term of reference, but it's a, it's a much more interesting site. And so you go to a site like that and you've always got a guardian energy that's present. Now, Jane was the guardian energy that was present for the space in our house, for the energy flows that were in our house. And as such, um, you know, you think, well, okay, so that guardian energy is allocated to that space. Um, as it turned out, um, Jane in particular was not just tied to that space. In the 15 years that we lived in that house, she did take a brief period of time. And I, could, I honestly can't remember how long it was, but she took a brief period of time where she left and a different energy came in and took her place. And she'd told me um, some days, I think it was a couple of days beforehand, she said, right, I'm gonna be going soon, but somebody else will be coming in to take over. And I'm like, what, what? what's going on? You can't, just, you, can't just, you can't just leave us, but she did. So this other energy came in. Now, and then this, this other energy came in, it was a male energy, it was a very different energy. And by that time, uh, I could you know, feel this sort of difference in uh, subtle energies a bit clearer than I could right at the start. So that energy was with us for a while. And then one day, they changed again and Jane returned. And so we finished off the last few years of living in that house with Jane as the guardian energy present. And my wife and I used to go down and talk to her in the room that she used to hang out in. Um, and although she she had access, you know, she went all over the house and everything, there was always Jane's room. So she had a chair in there um, and she's, she basically stayed in that space. Now, when we left the house and we moved to a different part of the country, we're now living in the Yorkshire Dales rather than the Forest of Dean, which is where we used to live. I was meditating one day fairly soon after moving up to the north and there was a familiar feeling, a familiar presence that came to me. And I thought, well, Jane, is that you? And yes, it was. So she is now part of my, what I call the healing team. So in other words, the entities that work in the subtle realms, when a client comes to me for house healing, Jane is quite often involved in working on that house as well as part of the energy that is, you know, affecting change. Mm, of course, I'm thinking in my humanness, there's no dis distance between, you know, time and space. Oh, my gosh, I've got so many questions for you. <laughs> First, I'm just thinking, talking about dousing rods, I have some somewhere in the house, I have to, I have to find them. Rory Duff introduced them to me, who's been on the show. I absolutely love Rory. He's amazing. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, we assume dousing rods are essentially to find water on the land or gold or people like to find all sorts of things. I didn't realize they could be used to find 
energies within a home? So dowsing, people usually uh, come to dowsing. They usually become aware of dowsing um, in connection with finding water. Now, I spent a lot of time to start with using it to just speak to Jane, to, to communicate with her. And really, for so long, I'd actually forgotten that it was used for finding anything or for doing anything else apart from speaking to dead people, because that's what I was doing. That's what I was using it for. And I was going to I started to, to explore sacred sites more. And when I went to sacred sites, because I knew about the presence of Jane, the guardian energy, I would always ask to speak to the guardian energy of those sites. So I literally was just using dowsing as this way of communicating with deceased people. It basically dousing as a technique can be used for absolutely anything for finding anything that is not in the three dimensional uh, visible realms. So whatever you want, you just tune into what you're looking for. And then you ask the questions when you're having a conversation with a deceased person or a guardian energy, what you're basically doing is just really holding the rods and allowing them to free flow and they will continue to give yes and no responses. Um, I, they're doing that now because I'm talking to you and they're affirming that yes, this is correct, but they're doing that. And all the time that the conversation is basically on on point, they'll remain in a positive kind of, you know, yes and no. If you start to lose the connection completely, then they'll go to a, you know, that one fell out of my hand, but they'll go to a no. And that means, you know, you, you as, as somebody that is not terribly sensitive in terms of channeling and mediumship, dowsing is a brilliant way just to connect and to see that you actually, oh yeah, we got this established, you know, this established link going on. That's the simplest way that I put it. That's amazing. Um, oh my gosh, I have to find them. They're somewhere in my house. <laughs> you should, you definitely should. I, well, I bought it to douse dragon lines and energy lines and so many things, but life got in the way. Um, I've heard that earthbound spirits are not necessarily not necessarily positive. So if you, if you don't mind explaining the difference between ghosts and spirits for the audience. And, oh, I just wanted to say most of our audience is US, and if they don't get your accent, you're in the UK. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Um, a lot of my a lot of my cats actually are in the US, but uh, yes, a lot a lot of them do comment on that's a you know what's that accent from? Where's that from? So um, yeah, okay. So the the way the reason I'm pausing is because actually in the house healing modality and the framework that we use when we're we're exploring the space for somebody in order to help them shift a point of their you know their reality what we tend to do is to look at ghosts uh, spirits and trapped souls um and and then you go into the guardian aspects as well so these are all sort of different aspects of the non-incarnate form of you know i mean basically we're the incarnate form of as a human being a ghost tends to be a almost like a recording that is within the ether of the space so the physical dimension is built from the quantum layer and i'm sure that your your uh, audience is aware of what quantum physics is about it's about dealing with that energy that basically forms um at the the smallest of the smallest dimensions and it comes out and, and the physical world is formed from that kind of layer and we come up in vibration right so a ghost 
will be a kind of, a kind of trapped recording in that in that kind of uh, layer of dimension. It's, it's not really the astral. I'm tempted to say astral, but that's getting a little bit. You know, let's not get too technical about these definitions. But it's closer to the quantum than than, than we are, right? To to because we're here in the physical. Our awareness is here in the physical. So a ghost can be simply dealt with by in, by interacting with it. And as soon as a person interacts with it in with the intention of allowing that energy to dissipate for the recording to stop, then what will happen is the recording stops and the ghost disappears. I'll give you an example. Did some work on a uh, fella's house where at midnight he was getting three knocks on the door every night. Uh, this, this three knocks would happen at midnight. He would go to the door and of course there was nobody there and it was spooking him out. So that was okay. Fair enough. He was bit freaked out by it but when when I looked at the energy of the, his house and, and what was going on at the doorway there there was somebody that was coming to the door to give news about the fact that one of the love you know a loved one had died in the first world war so they were coming to the the doorway to tell the the, the I think I can't remember whether it was the the wife of the, you know the of the person that had died but there was an emotion laden in that moment of transmitting the the communication, knock on the door, speak to this woman to tell her that her husband or boyfriend had died. So there's a huge amount of impact in that emotional point. That is what had got left stuck in that space. But it created the ghost because somebody that was more sensitive than the guy that was living there probably would have seen somebody knocking on the door to deliver the news, right? So that's a ghost. A spirit is something slightly more different. It's not just something that is trapped within the energy of the space. It's got, a, a got far more flexibility and free will and it's a spirit energy that's coming through and communicate with us, they're fine. But there are also aspects of the lower energies like guilt and um, fear that will also keep a spirit trapped in this space. Those sort of spirits are not helpful to have around. They're not harmonious. They're not beneficial to the individual occupant of the space for obvious reasons, because they're energy draining. And then you get onto a different classification about guardians and all of that sort of stuff as well. But the ghosts and spirits, that's your basic sort of definition as far as I'm concerned. So how can they affect an individual uh, if their entity, I'm just going to call it an entity, which is a spirit, if they're in a home or a, a place of work? Well, well, I mean... <clears throat> For one thing, the the individual that's living in a house that is affected by a spirit, um, if it's going to be an adverse, you know, interaction, the the individual is going to be a what you know classically is known as a highly sensitive person. So they're going to be somebody that is very sensitive to this the subtler energies that are around them, and how that person is affected is is completely open to you know it's 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 as unique as the individual is and this is where we start to get into the real nature of reality and what is it and what, what are we doing here and why are we like this but fundamentally if a person is being troubled by a spirit might even just feel uncomfortable out of sorts you know, not not happy living here. I don't, you know, classically, some people say, well, I've, I bought this house. I thought I liked it, but actually I've never felt comfortable here. That can be due to spirit activity, but there are a whole host of other things that can also influence and affect a, a, a highly sensitive person in a property. 
when we do the house healing, and you mentioned there that we've got a house healing network, um, that the house healing network is a group of people that I've trained or a colleague of mine has trained, and there are 50 or so of us in the network now. So we've developed a network because there's a need for this sort of work at the moment. Now, this is probably something to do with where Earth is in its journey through the cosmos and the energies that we're going through is affecting all of us and there's you know you can't deny that there's some kind of awakening going on and that's what's happening is that we're all becoming far more sensitive to the subtle realms so when we do a house healing there's there's a list of 50 or so section headings that we actually look at and analyze and ask questions about and what we're doing is we're basically we're using dowsing to interrogate the energy of the space what's present what is adversely affecting the individual that owns that home or place of work and then we're all, and we're asking the management the the, the the higher echelons of creation if you like um as some people just call it spirit but i use this term the management so we ask the management about what the information is. So they give us the information. As a house healer, we're simply sitting in a, and bringing this out into our three-dimensional realm through dowsing, as I say, and we write up a report. And then what we do is we sit in meditation, we sit in that healing space, ask the management to affect the individual. So in other words, if, if a person is being badly affected by adverse spirits, we are basically asking the management to you know, kindly move those spirits on and take them through to the light if that's appropriate for the rest of their journey so that they are no longer affecting the individual. And that kind of process interacting with an open heart and with that compassion seems to be most of the time enough to actually affect a subtle change for the individual. That's just amazing. I mean, I, I love it. Maybe I need that. No, I'm fine. But do you also look at the the energy of the land? You spoke about guardians of the land, so not only the the actual dwelling, but the land the the home sits on. Yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, we're looking at several different areas of subtle energy. So we we look at the personal en energy of the person as well. That's one of the first things that we do: just look at and uh, remove attachments and all this sort of thing. The general day to day rubbish that you know, everybody picks up, but some people are more affected by it. So we look at personal subtle energy. We'll quite often do a balancing process on the chakras as well, just to aid, you know, and support energy change. We'll look at the energy of the house itself, the, the space that they're living in. And part of that is to look at the, the energy of the land um, and earth energy itself as a concept comes into that kind of category. We also look at historical activity and emotional activity that's been left on that space as well but the one that really fascinates me is is actually the the whole kind of healing aspect of earth energy and what what are these earth energy lines that people often call ley lines what what it is that those things are and how are we affected by them and we could talk a little bit about that if you like sure so i was going to ask you what what's your advice if someone feels that they have something in their home or perhaps their behaviors changed or emotions in some way what's your advice well um i mean so it would be easy for me to say well what you need to do is to get onto uh, you know get onto one of us in the house healing network and we'll uh, you know do a dousing evaluation yeah. of what's going on that is one way but the the real um excitement 
work passion for this is actually in helping the person understand their relationship to the energy that they're experiencing because that's when that's when you get the fun the, the real fundamental shifts because part of this process that we're all going through this process of everybody waking up is waking up to what what is it that we truly are which is that spiritual being having the human experience and so therefore we ask the question of well what is this exp this human experience what is this interaction that is troubling me what is this showing what is this illustrating what is this highlighting why am i you know why is this person getting this now and in in helping them understand what what that picture is about which we do really through you know it's what comes up from the management what the management is showing us and when we're talking to the individual client it's it's revealed sometimes in conversation as well uh the you know these some of the issues that are facing the person um but in understanding that there's this whole raft of influences that is really affecting i mean it really is affecting the subconscious more almost than the conscious you know the, the bit that comes into the conscious awareness of the individual is really the tip of the iceberg is the subconscious effects and that's where we are creating our reality from is our subconscious programming so really we start to really kind of shake the box and and try to help that understanding for the client as much as possible i can't remember what your question was but i seem to have gone off into no uh... that was that was that was perfect what 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 should one do and you kind of explained that it's, it's it's holistic you keep saying management what what do you mean by management the management the management is um a term that my uh, dear old mentor hamish miller um used uh, hamish miller if anybody wants to google him was a, um, a philanthropist and a metal worker. He was a, a fantastic human being. He, he died in 2010. I had the pleasure of working with him uh, for the last seven years of his life. He, he had a tremendous impact on um, so many people because he was a guy that co-wrote a book that many people have read about earth energy, which is The Sun and the Serpent. And that's the story of Hamish Miller and Paul Broadhurst, his co-author their travels, they took 10 years to actually douse earth energy lines across the south of England. And that's this story of discovery is told in that book. And um, Hamish Miller used this term, the management to refer to, he, he used it to refer to the, the upper echelons of creation. So those energies that are uh, personalities that are very, very close to the ultimate creator. Hamish had a near death experience um if only had a couple but he, he has one that is the the most um recorded i guess and the one that he talked about the most where um he was on an operating table and he died and he he went upstairs and he met the management and he had the whole kind of classic nde discussion about well you know what you know do you want to stay or do you want to go back to earth and uh they the management showed him some examples of their concepts at that level and he said i just don't understand those i think i better go back and they apparently laughed and said yes i think think we we think you should too so he came back to earth and his nde completely changed him from being a um, an award-winning uh, manufacturer of furniture is what he used to do he he stepped out of that life and he became a, a blacksmith which is what he'd always wanted to do since he was about eight years old and but the thing was that he was then passionate about helping people understand 
that they are connected to the management and the management are connected to us and and effectively we are a fractal of god as the expression is that other people use but the management as far as i'm concerned is the term that i use to represent really all of those personalities that are the other side of the veil that are there um to that will help us if we ask them to help us. They, it's all of those energies of creation that go towards the manifesting process, our experience of creation, because we are the babies here. We're the kiddies. We're, you know, we are not the ones that know what the hell's going on. That's not a very good expression, but we, we managed to create hell in, in our sense of living mm. our lives half the time. And part of the point of being in this dimension is to understand our responsibility of creation and part of that understanding comes from being able to call on the help of these guides and other spiritual beings and aspects of creation aspects of nature understanding that actually they are a part of us and we are a part of them and there is no separation whatsoever so this you know this dimension that is driven by its nature of being separate separation doesn't exist there is no separation at all and that is how and why we can communicate with these energies and they are so present for us if we want to call on them that is the fundamental driver behind why i refer to it as the management it makes them very very approachable because they are very approachable there are aspects of creation in the subtle realms that are not good for us but once we understand why they're not good for us, as I've previously described, you can then step on and actually embrace the relationship to the management and understand that it's all a learning curve. And that wave that you're then on is actually going to take you to some remarkable places. Thank you, Tim. I mean, I love I love the term management. That's that's great. I often get asked this question. How can I connect with my intuition or my guides or angels what is your advice for the audience well i would say simply you pick up a dousing rod or pick up a pendulum because that is the easiest way to actually start exploring your intuitive connection to everything that is that dousing is a door opener so you it can really ask is. yes or no questions with the dousing rod almost like kinesiology the it's a, it's it's very very closely aligned to kinesiology Kinesiology is basically the muscular movement, right? And dowsing is, as far as we know, and this is the uh, explanation that I completely go along with because it just feels right to me. As far as we're concerned, dowsing is, is the subconscious reaction. So it's a muscular reaction and it's the tiny muscular movements that are moving the rods or moving the pendulum. But these are unconscious. They're completely unconscious. The dowser is oblivious to those signals that are taking place. But that's because you're accessing the subconscious intuitive response. It then gets transferred to the physical body and it moves the needles. Because these are simply meters. They're indicating a response. And so when I was talking earlier on about talking to spirits and stuff, the, the connection is... The connection is in here, obviously, in the inner universe. And so as you connect, what, what you're basically doing with the dowsing rods or the pendulum is using it like a key to start the motor so that you can actually then go into that space. After a little bit of time of practice, 
and it does take practice to start with and you do go through several hoops of learning but once you do that then you start to actually realize that the dousing role the connection and then you are connecting in a deliberate and intentional way and that's a, a, that, that can be a game changer Oh, well, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, what's, what's the difference? And I know you mentioned before the difference between ley lines and earth lines. Earth energy lines are um, a natural, natural flow across the landscape and they, they weave like rivers. So they follow very much that kind of natural flow of energy. And they... Uh, they're usually found in pairs. There are all sorts of levels of um, earth energy, and that's what you will have discussed with Rory, Rory Duff, is that there are some huge earth energy lines, absolutely massive. But there are also uh, really, really tiny ones. And if you relate it, earth energy, if you relate earth energy to the Hedian system, then you know that you've got big lines of power going through the human body. Um, but you've also got tiny ones as well. Well, and it, like with the blood supply in the body, massive arteries, but you've got tiny fields of capillaries as well. And what's really, really interesting from my point of view, actually, is not the big, massive lines, which Rory is you know, really keen on. And these are really reasons why they're really exciting and really interesting to work with. But equally, you can work with the tiny capillary manifest in your environment, you'll have a positive and beneficial earth energy spiral vortex. You'll have several in that room that you're in. You'll have a very, very positive beneficial one in there. Um, and wherever your focus is for most of the day, you will find the most positive and beneficial earth energy vortex. Ley lines are not like that. Ley lines are basically straight alignments, which can be traced on a, on a, you know, you can, you can look at a map and you can trace a ley line. Uh, you can see if you use Alfred Watkins uh, definitions of, you know, the specific sacred sites or the specific objects that you're looking for over a certain fixed period of, you know, distance, then you can find a, a straight alignment. Now, there is some kind of thought that the straight lines, that the ley lines might be aspects of earth energy, which we simply aren't recognizing as that they're both the same thing because what happens at a at an earth energy power center at an earth energy vortex which i was just talking about earlier on was that you get the spiral the big vortex shape that you can douse and it's there in a wonderful um it's yes. there in the classic fibonacci spiral pattern yes yes so that sits there as a spiral and you can douse that spiral and you'll find that wonderful fibonacci spacing as it expands out but also out of that power center, you will get straight line radials being emanated and you can, you can douse those and you can count those. And what's really interesting is that actually if you sit in meditation and you send love, you send compassion to that space, the number of radials will increase. So in other words, what that illustrates, and this happens time and time again, this is not a one-off, it's completely repeatable by anybody. It's simply a matter of adjusting your vibration so that you're sending compassion slash healing into that space and earth energy reacts so earth energy is reacting to our consciousness 
And the reason for that is, as we said earlier on, there is no separation of these facets. Earth energy is a part of the conscious field of the Earth as we are. So all we're doing really is interacting with an aspect of the management, which is an aspect of us. Thank you. Gosh, I was just thinking, amazing, amazing. But we just, me too, forget so much in our humanness that we're, we're separate. Um, and our suffering and everything that goes on, we take it so seriously when we forget that we're all connected to everything. It 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 is um, it is it is an incredibly effective system that we are experiencing, because the depth of forgetting, in order to be in the human form, is virtually complete. It's it is enough to make us feel isolated, completely one hundred percent. Whereas that's not our real nature, and that is part of the problem, is that. Because we are so able to be um, in that depth of isolation, in that, that real feeling of being separate from everything, because it's what the three dimensions have, have necessitated. Um, and you add to that that actually we are extremely programmable, then we end up with a, a sort of a hypnosis that has occurred over the centuries where we just completely believe that we are this these isolated individual beings whereas we're not and that is the that's the paradigm shift that we're we're currently experiencing is to be reconnected with everything and to understand our connection to everything and that has a an implication not only for things like we've just talked about earlier on which is the house healing which is kind of like distance remote connection uh, through the quantum field at that level. But it also means that we have an intimate connection with the actual experience of our environment. So with cli climate crisis or climate change that some people believe is occurring at the moment, it's, this is a difficult subject, actually, which we'll just explore if we may a little bit. It's a difficult subject because as soon as I start to talk about this in these terms, people would accuse, they either say, well, there's no such thing as climate change or, uh, or you're a climate change denier and there's no middle ground, right? But what I'm saying is, if we believe that there is climate change, if we believe there is a climate crisis, the answer is actually in connecting to it and understanding our connection to it because as soon as we stop perceiving our world as this isolated lump of rock hurtling through space and we just accept that we are beings having an experience it's rather like being on the holodeck of the star trek enterprise it is what you make it and therefore we know from shamanic practice and all of those sort of subtle activities where you communicate with nature spirits and all of that aspect that they and it and you are one and therefore you are involved intimately in the way the weather manifests now it to, to people that are new to this concept it sounds absurd it sounds ridiculous how on earth could you be affected by the weather tim you're delusional well n actually no because it's part of us it's part of the experience of being here. It's part of our connection to everything. And 
each individual person's experience of being connected is slightly, slightly different, which is why I say, forget about the single earth, forget about that. It's about experience in this bandwidth. It's about the experience of being here as a human being. In other words, being that spiritual being, being connected to everything. And that includes the weather, nature, because we are nature. That's all we are. We're just bits of it that have the ability to plan and to be organized. And we've lost our way in being able to be so um, organized and, uh, and yes. in, in that ability to plan. We so often forget. A big congratulations. I've got one more question after this. A big That's congratulations fine. on your book, Spirit and Earth. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? And I will leave a link below in the show notes as well. Uh, best place to find me actually is on um, well, either www.knightsrose.com. That's K N I G H T S R O S E dot com, or on my YouTube channel, um, which you can find by digging out me, search, doing a search for Tim Walter, W A L T E R, uh, Tim Walter Dowser, or Tim Walter House Healer, will always find me. If you don't put the Dowser or the House Healer in, then you'll find some German football manager, and I don't think he'll really appreciate questions about house healing. Okay. No, I looked at your YouTube channel the other day. It's great. So I encourage everyone to have a look at it. Um, on a final note, and this is my final question, in the concepts of time, are we living in a simulation? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, I'm trying to make it easy for you. <laughs> I know, it's fine. You're a wealth of it's information. A, it's a, but, it, but it's a great it's a great question and it's a lovely question. It's brilliant because it's it it actually uh, echoes back to the conversation of uh, that we were having just now about um, our connection to nature and about the world around us. And I suppose when um, I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, wasn't it, uh, that, who, that that was famously said to say, you know, the chances are that we do live in a simulation. Chances are we are in a product of some other civilization's manufacture. And my response actually was like, does it matter? You know, does it, does it actually matter? Because really what we, it doesn't change what we're here to do. It doesn't change as long as we recognize that that simulation is created for our benefit. Okay, so the big, the big, the big crucial paradigm shift is about understanding the role of your heart in the creative process in the creation process. Now, if, if, if we live in a, in a simulation and that simulation has been developed so that we are energies that learn and part of that learning is to understand our heart, then what we're doing is learning compassion and we're learning that unity and that enables us to get, take another step forward in whatever the, for, you know, the, the future paths are that we manifest in. Part of the learning is to understand and have that humility and that compassion. And one of the aspects that is not in harmony with that concept of humility and compassion is the idea that uh, everybody's out to get me. Uh, the idea that the world is a terrible place and that, the, that there is nothing in this world that is of any good. And every time I turn a corner, I'm faced by problems and e evil and uh, wrongdoings and control and all the rest of it. Now, 
given that we've said that everybody talk everybody talks everybody lives in their own unique world because that's basically what we've been alluding to is that you're in your own vibration in your own bandwidth in your own experience of being alive if you choose to accept that the world is a terrible place and that's exactly what you'll see and that's exactly what you'll experience and therefore healing is simply a matter of changing that paradigm shift to see that no it's not or the fact is no it doesn't have to be because to the person that sees the world like that it is like that because that's what being created that's what the resonance is once you live from the heart and see it as a much much wonder much more wonderful place i nearly said wonderfuler i don't think there's such a word as wonderfuler it's such a wonderful place um then actually every single experience changes to be far more wonderful as a result of that and it's a very simple process of allowing the heart to do the job that it's supposed to do which is to connect with compassion in every circumstance that you're able to connect with compassion absolutely and our consciousness creates our reality um 100%. and the heart i have to remember that one um on a final note, Tim, I've loved having you on Passion Harvest. Is there anything you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you today? The, the point is that actually we can live very simply. We can, we, it's so simple to live um, and to always try to remember to refer to what would love do in this circumstance when we meet a problem, when we meet a difficult person, blah, 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 or any of those things. It's always about connecting to the heart and understanding that compassion is absolutely the key. It's not even about necessarily thinking about consciousness as a concept. It's just aligning to the feeling of being compassionate. Beautiful. Thank you, Tim. And you've inspired me so much to find my dousing rods that are somewhere in the house. Thank you for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe. 